0: You're listening to an irreverent podcast. For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm. Can you hear me? Okay, great. Good morning. Um, do you ever wake up and think, I'm going to take a nap later? i'm gonna fall asleep <laughs> that's how I feel but that's okay we'll get through this together uh we're talking about hell whoa i feel very rebellious saying hell in church not a big deal but um all that to say when i was growing up i was instilled with a deep <laughs> fear of hell Uh, Anybody else? Show of hands. Anybody else raised to really be scared of the fire and brimstone? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Luckily, I personally was spared the kind of fiery sermons you see in classic white American revivals, you know, in the tents and the whatever. I don't know what they said. it was less fire and brimstone and more of a mom wagging your finger at you, threatening you with a boogeyman. Like, if you don't watch yourself, you're gonna go to hell, which is probably not better, right? Like, <laughs> your mom telling you you're going to hell is probably not that cute. Um, for the longest time growing up, I didn't fully understand hell. Uh, I read a lot of books, way too many books, that very inappropriate ages. So I imagined something akin to Dante's Inferno. Uh, I don't know if you've read it. <laughs> uh, most people have not. Don't read it, it's not great. Um, so I imagined a giant hole in the ground with different levels of, for different severities of punishment, you know, the classic. Um, Judas was burning in a block of ice all the way at the bottom. And nice people who just didn't believe in Jesus are at the top just like burning forever, kind of like a witch at a stake, just like, oh, you're not that, you were very nice, but click, click of the lighter, you know? This is like a 10 people, okay? I was a very, I had a very vivid imagination. I was a little crazy. Um, And I still am. The thing I remember most about hell and the thing that stuck with me all the way until about this point was this wild idea that hell just didn't really make sense at all. Uh, People that never heard of Jesus all throughout history who never even had the opportunity to say that five-second prayer that gets you into heaven are just doomed for not knowing some information about some God that supposedly loves them, but not enough to show up and say, hey, I killed my son for you. Now believe in me and love me and worship me and convert people for me for the rest of your life or I'll burn you and torture you for the rest of eternity. Yeah, maybe not. I'm sure we all thought that at some point, uh, but I know for a fact that so many of us Just kind of shoved these thoughts into the back of our minds with a cute little platitude that goes something like, "God's ways are higher than ours." Uh, I said that a lot when I thought about hell and when I would argue with kids about hell because I was a kid that argued on the playground about hell. Uh, I was a proselytizing little brat, let me tell you. (laughs) Uh, And I would always, "God's ways are higher than ours. The Lord works in mysterious ways." and just showing it all back there <laughs> cool um and that's where i was for a long time i just chose not to think about it after all i was saved i was going to heaven right i said the little prayer any chance i got just to make sure i was still good you go to church camp and you're just like if you want to be the altar call and you're technically already saved but you're like me too because i gotta double check you know check. Uh, but here's the problem with all of this is I developed a deep seated anxiety and fear of God. And I'm not talking the fear of God like God is good. So fear the Lord. Um, the mistranslation fear of God kind of fear. I'm talking the abusive parent kind of fear like doing what I had to do so I wouldn't get punished kind of fear. Um, and when I was in the thick of it in my childhood, I would make sure to pray for forgiveness every night. And it was less like praying and more like begging, if I'm being honest. I would beg and beg in bed that, that God would forgive me every single night before I fell asleep so I wouldn't go to hell and so I wouldn't be left behind in the rapture. <laughs> because honestly, hell and rapture kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Uh, at least in the church I grew up in. The people that are going to hell get left behind. I don't know if you've seen the movie or read the book. Um, And they're wondering why there is so much dirty laundry lying around in the streets until they realize that all the quote unquote good people had been beaten up by some angel named Scotty. (laughs) The rapture was the scariest part for me, Uh, the deep, Shame that I felt when I thought about what it would be like if I were to find myself stuck on earth while all my friends and family were partying up with Jesus was unquantifiable. It had not happened to me. It wasn't supposed to happen to me, but I still felt that shame of like standing in the middle of the street with everybody's clothes lying around me thinking, oh my God, I'm left behind. Just like, yeah, I was a crazy kid. Um, but when the rapture first got stuck in my brain, I remember doing the wildest things as a result of this new information. I'm talking real trauma, friends, here. It took a long time to get rid of this. Um, So anytime the concept of hell would just pop into my mind, like I would just think about it, um, I would, I lost my space, I would play this game where I would think, the world is gonna end today, the world's gonna end today, the world's gonna end today, the world's gonna end today. today." Um, Because for some reason, I thought, that the world would only end in the split millisecond where everyone on the planet would not think about the rapture. Why, you may ask? Because someone somewhere once told me (laughs) that no one would know when the rapture was coming and it wouldn't come when you're ready or when you think it's gonna happen. So if nobody's thinking about it, that's when it's gonna happen. That's what I thought. So I would constantly like, just say, the world's going to end today, the world's going to end today. This is what I thought about constantly as a kid because I was so ingrained with this fear of hell and the rapture. Pastor Maslow looking at me like I'm freaking insane. Yeah, this is actually what I thought about. Um, it was, oh, yeah, kid logic. Um, so I watched the news for all the signs that you would read about in Revelations that pointed to a falling world right on the edge of abduction. Uh, one day my parents made the mistake of letting me watch The Day After Tomorrow when it came out, which is a long time ago, friends, and I'm not that old, so I was a young lass watching The Day After Tomorrow. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a movie about the end of the world. Uh, through climate change. I am now a climate activist, thank you. And I am convinced that this would, I was convinced that this was gonna happen. This is exactly the way things were gonna go down. Um, And I would like watch the TV to see the signs on the Bible and the day after tomorrow, like, oh, there's red algae, blood in the water, whatever. Like, you, you know what I'm talking about, those little signs that they talk about. Yeah, I was 10 years old watching the news, waiting for the end of the world. Um, And I spent a lot of time dealing with this trauma because I think we can all agree that this is pretty traumatic for a child to learn about. Um, I was just constantly trying to convince myself that I wasn't a bad person who deserved to be deserted, but uh, it really stuck in my head for a long time. Um, And truthfully, I didn't stop fearing hell until I started to try to heal my relationship with my parents, um, which sounds weird. but. Some real work was done when I started considering the kids that I wanted to bring into my life to love and to raise. Um, So all that family stuff really healed the whole hell thing in my head. Um, And all of a sudden, like a giant brick in my face, it dawned on me that if I amazing little human, couldn't think of sending any of my kids to hell, the kids that don't exist and that haven't bugged me yet, but still, you know, concepts. Um, no matter how messed up, how could the infinite and all loving God who had helped me through the darkest season of my life do that to me? How could the God that claims to be love and mercy just say, well, you didn't say the little prayer, friend, you (laughs) burn forever. Didn't quite compute to me then and doesn't still compute to me now. And uh, I will be the first to say that I'm not a biblical scholar. Um, I'm definitely not a theologian. uh, And I have been actively trying to forget the whole book of Revelations my whole life because I read it a lot as a kid. So the opposite of a biblical scholar, a biblical forgetter. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm just a human being with religious trauma who likes to do some sleuthing, you know, do my own research, as they say and the more i read the arguments against hell the existence of it uh, the more i felt the love of god leading me to the realization that it just doesn't make any sense a real biblical scholar will tell you like the greek and the hebrew and how jesus didn't believe in hell because he was jewish like all these other things right for me it's more about vibes i just don't get the vibe that hell exists (laughs) because of that information that I read by smart people. I'm just not smart enough to reiterate it. So I'm going to leave that to Stephanie for next week. (laughs) Um, All in all, eternal punishment is just not part of the narrative that I want to be selling or living. Because I mean, we're all kind of selling something, right? Like we're selling the lifestyle, whether we like it or not. Uh, And like so many of us, I've been hurt by people sending me to hell for every little thing. I don't know if your parents or your family, aunts and uncles, did this, but I make one mistake and they're like, oh, going to hell. Like, it's really not great. Um, maybe it's just a Latin thing, for all I know. Um, but like, oh, gay, you're going to hell. Oh, a mouthy woman, definitely going to hell. Pro-choice, super hell. <laughs> My whole life, I'd been sent to hell for everything. Everything, 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 everything. Um, yeah, just for being me. That's great. I love it. Um, and I know that like, I'm not a saint. <laughs> I know that. I'm crass. I'm crude. My sense of humor would make my grandmother blush and be incredibly ashamed and immediately send me to hell. Um, and according to lots of Christians, I participate in the worst sin of all. The one that really makes sure you're going down there. Um, I pick and choose the parts of the Bible I like while discrediting the parts that I don't like in the name of context, original language and historical accuracy. Yeah, definitely hell and maybe I am guilty maybe I am going to hell who knows right who really knows and how many of us can say that we have zero doubts about our deserving of heaven show of hands who is for sure going to heaven like they have zero doubt in their heart and soul damn all right (laughs) Sevi honestly I agree with you but Um, That is some confidence in the Lord. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Um, This next line is not directed at you. Uh, I hope all of us, because otherwise we have some other issues to address in our congregation. But there's only one of us, so issues averted. I don't know much, uh, but I do know that the general theme of this whole belief system that we claim to subscribe to is love. Uh, I feel like I only preach on love. I only ever just tie it back to that because it's the only thing about Christianity that I care about. Love your neighbor, hippie Jesus, love. Um, Another idea that will send you to hell if you ask the Baptists, let me tell you, hippie Jesus. Um, (sighs) Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. Because as God is, so are we in the world. Have you ever thought about being bold on the day of judgment? Like what that means? Like you're just walking up to God, like you're me in church saying, I'm here. (laughs) I don't have that kind of boldness. So (laughs) I don't know about having boldness, but here I am picking and choosing the scriptures that we're focusing on today and using it to my own, make my own point. You know, like every religious leader ever. Uh, let me walk you through a little experiment. It's a little dark, a little deep, and not gonna go the way you want it to, so just bear with me. So there's this serial killer, right? They kill, kill, kill just because they feel like it. Over and over again, they take someone's life for no other reason than they think they have the right to. And yikes. That serial killer definitely deserves to go to hell, Um, right? I think so. Uh, Well, this killer gets caught, goes to jail, finds God. They can't kill anymore, I guess. So religion seems like the next logical step in life. They said the little prayer, and now they're going to heaven, right? Forget about the lives they destroyed, the families they ripped apart, and the sheer panic they put their communities through all erased cool how many of us are totally cool with this story how many of us are super chill about jeffrey dahmer in heaven because that is his story i know a lot about serial killers and he did find the lord in jail and i don't believe him <laughs> not at all but this is where we make a left turn in this story i would venture to say that everyone in this room had the potential to be a serial killer. Yes, I'm calling you all serial killers. You could have been born with the itch, because it's like a little brain plug unplugged. Uh, You could have lived a terrible enough life to break you down to the point of wanting to kill somebody, or you could have just been a big fat meanie. I had a different word in there, but I was told you can't curse in church, so. In this universe of chance and randomness, when I think of the terrible people in this world, because I've leaned into the whole love aspect of this crazy religion we all subscribe to, I tend to always think, well, could have been me. Um, and I know that's a ridiculous thought process. I can feel, it can feel stupid to carry so much empathy for the most evil people in history, but I, <laughs> I do. Um, because I take the whole love thing pretty seriously. They too were made in the image of God, allegedly. Uh, But for whatever reason, they deviated from the code. Um, You know, like the master code, Jonathan, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I could have too. I think about that all the time. Like, if I had just had a different personality, my life would have been completely different. And I have the kind of personality that could go either way, okay? Like, I could. (laughs) I could. My parents really traumatized me with religion, but also at the same time, if I did not have religion, I would have zero moral compass, okay? Like, that trauma did me some good, a little bit. It kept me afraid of God, and then eventually that went away. But I I could have been a serial killer. I mean, you can ask my partner, Ryan, who's not paying attention right now. Um, (laughs) 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 I... I threaten violence constantly. I'm not a great person, and I think, wow, if I got my art rejected like Hitler did, yikes. Um, I bring up Hitler for a reason, don't worry. <laughs> um, and this is why. It's probably just me, but I don't find any comfort in thinking that Hitler is burning in hell. That doesn't bring me any like joy. Well, sometimes, but not always. Um, I would like that for to to be the case that he is rotting in hell for what he did to the Lord's people and general people, um, because he was a colossal douchebag, um, to say the least. But I don't feel like heaven is less of a place because he might be there, if that makes sense. Heaven doesn't lose its credibility because Hitler is redeemed, right? God loves their evil little creatures just as much as they love us um, who behave for the most part. What I am certain we can all agree on is that the concept of hell has caused a lot of damage to a lot of people in the world. Like the kids are being sent to hell by their aunts and uncles. At last year's pride march. Uh, we gathered a group of homies and we all went as a church and it was fun. It was great. It was a great time. Um, but we saw a handful of protesters standing on the sidelines of this joyous occasion, full of laughter and love and celebration. And, uh, they were telling people out loud on speaker phones, really annoyingly that they were going to burn in hell for being gay, um, and I'm sure in their heads, they're probably trying to save people. But here's my question. How can we make people feel loved and loved if all we're peddling is fear? So let's go back to the verse, right? Because this is a church and a sermon. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. One more time. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And personally, I cast out fear from my life a while ago. I decided that instead of focusing on hell and trying to make people scared of ending up there, I was going to do everything in my power to try to make people feel like they are loved in the cosmic sense of the word. Whether they believe what I believe stopped being the catalyst for my desire to make the world a better place. Instead, I opted for the greatest commandment to love my siblings as myself. And I just can't do that if I fear for myself and my eternity. God is love. God is a personification of perfect, everlasting, merciful love. And while justice seems to dictate that evil should be punished, I wholeheartedly believe that this idea is just part of our human understanding of the great universal plan. Sometimes I like to watch people suffer for the pain that they caused. But I just don't see a God of infinite love being able to do that to so much of their beloved creation. Like, can you imagine, like, what a twisted person you'd have to be to torture your own children as a human being, let alone God? All right. Uh, there was this Sufi mystic named Rabia Basri. I probably said that wrong. Sorry. Who was said to have been seen running through the streets of her hometown with a bucket of water in one hand and a flaming torch in the other. She told people that she was on her way to extinguish the flames of hell and burn down the gates of heaven so that people would stop loving God in the name of punishment and reward and instead love God just because they are God. Wow. Um, I hold on to this idea very tightly because it just really encompasses what I feel about everything, like my dad, (laughs) my poor dad, he wholeheartedly believes that I'm going to hell and that's a bummer, Um, he thinks I have a shot, I will say that, I think he thinks that I have a shot at like convincing the big man upstairs that I tried um, because I am standing up here. But I don't have the right belief, right? I don't believe what he believes. I don't believe in hell, so definitely going to hell. That's what he thinks. And that is just great. If I had a bucket of water, I would extinguish the fires of hell too, just so people like my dad and our parents and our aunts and my uncles would be able to just reckon with what they're really afraid of, with what they really think that they're missing out on. Um, But as always, I'm not here to tell you what to believe. Believe in hell, don't believe in hate. That's up to you and your maker. I'm not your maker, and I can't make you do anything. But what I am saying is that maybe it's time we stop focusing so much on the idea of punishment and ignore the potential reward to make sure we're really doing what we're supposed to be doing while we're here on earth, bringing heaven down here with us. And I don't think we can do that while fearing eternal damnation, the way we have this whole time. It's obviously not really working out for us friends. Okay. Like it's not, (laughs) maybe instead we should focus on making sure that humanity feels worthy of the love that we all already don't think that we deserve. Those who love God must love their siblings also and shocking, friends. No one feels loved when they're being damned to hell. No one can know the true depths of love when they're busy waiting in the shallows of fear. And if you needed permission from somebody to let go of that fear of hell, I'm here to give it to you. Let it go. Think of love instead. Abide in love. Abide in God instead. This has been an Irreverent Media Podcast.